Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. So welcome to episode 127 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's the Dale and Todd version, plus our special guest we'll introduce in a moment. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at Air... Holy Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at RNM Management. Thanks to Dwight at DGCustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. Our special guest tonight is Eric from the former Acme Army podcast. Eric, it's good to hear and see you. How are you today, sir? Gentlemen, I couldn't be uh, more excited to be on the podcast. Uh, this is the great uh, reemergence of uh, Eric from the Acme Army back onto the podcasting. Thank you, Average Cheese. You guys are my go-to packer. Get the uh, flavor of my buddies. Get the discussions. And I, I got a little bone to pick with Todd from last week's episode. We'll get into that later. But I mean, uh, I just uh, I love you guys' show and I uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So, Todd, it's good to see you too, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. Just, right on. Um, it's two weeks in a row we're podcasting. So episode 27, I really wanted it to be the T-Buck episode, but Mm. I did put the poll out on Twitter for like an hour ago, (laughs) because that's how prepared I was for this. And Eddie Lacey got more votes than T-Buck, which I understand Mm. there's a recency bias to this whole thing. That's fine. Eric, thoughts on Eddie Lacey? Like what do you remember from the back in the day machine? Well, you know, the thing about Eddie Lacy was we finally got a offensive, you know, somebody with firepower from a big SEC school. When you watch Alabama play, you're like, man, we'll never have a chance to get these guys. Sure enough, when he came on the scene, it was your eyes were just glued to him every time he touched the ball. Those first two seasons were as fun of football. And we thought for a while, I mean, I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought Green Bay Packer football has now taken the next step in the evolution. We're going to have great receivers and a great running back. Didn't last long, but it sure as hell was fun. Yeah, it was fun until he ate himself out of the league. Oh, brutal. Just brutal. Man, oh, man. Nobody could take him down. There was runs that you know went for 20-plus yards when you didn't expect it to happen. The way that the guy smiled and he was just so humble and fun, I, I loved him on the Packers. I just wish we could have got him for a solid six or seven years. That's the only regret. I wanted to go with T-Buck. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> In episode yeah. 227, it will be T-Buck, no matter what I mean, he, he Yeah, he had some swag, you know, before it was cool. I mean, he was it was at the height of the, what, Florida State kind of, yep. you know. So Bobby he Bowden. Was, and he talked mass shit, too. Oh, so mass like shit. Yeah, we went and saw him, remember? We went, we were living in San Diego, and we went and saw T-Buck oh, that's right. Packers against Chargers, yeah, we sat yep. in like roll nine thousand for that game. Yeah, <laughs> because we were broke as hell. Yeah. That was another guy from one of those schools. You're like, we never get guys that are fast and charismatic. You know, a Florida State player coming in. I mean, you just thought interception record. You know, it's going to be gone, taking it over. But T Buck only lasted like three or four years in Green yeah. Bay. He Again. absolutely didn't want to be here. There's no hated the winter. 
allergic yeah. to snow. I was so excited when the Packers drafted him. He is my kind of player, that shit talker type guy. I love that. I loved it. I was like, this is it. This is my player. Yeah. Plus, he was like five foot nine or whatever. So the short guy, yeah. I mean, loved him. I was so excited about that. Anyway, Eddie, it's the Eddie Lacy episode of the Average Cheese. Eddie Lacy only played really one year in college at Alabama. Like he played with Trent Richardson and Mark Ingram. And it was that kind of deal where, you know, he's only going to get one or two years, which Alabama has all the time. Mm -hmm. They get these guys that only play for a year or so. And then all of a sudden they're stars. And you watched him and it was like, damn, this dude is going to be something special. Like a four, five, four, six speed for the size that he was. He averaged like seven yards of carry in college through his three years that he played. Because like yeah. you said, Eric, there were so many wide receivers on that team. Now you actually add a running game to this <clears> thing. <throat> and they mm -hmm. should have been absolutely unstoppable through the Eddie Lacy era. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it just didn't pan out. The career was too short. He ended up going to Seattle, but he didn't really play in Seattle either. It was kind of like he played with the Green Bay, and that was that. was that. And he was happy about it. He was good with it. You know, all the fans were going, come on, man, get yourself back in shape. You know, come back next year better. You know, we're with you. We love the guy. He just didn't want to. That's the crazy thing about the psychology of football players, you know? They have to want to do it. You can sit as a fan. We can fan out as crazy as we want and say, we want this guy to be just awesome. And just it doesn't pan out sometimes. Do you guys remember that famous picture when Eddie Lacy, they, they caught him like coming out of a quick trip with like a huge bag of Skittles or something like that. He like had two, like two handful, like bags of Skittles in his hand. A couple boxes of Glazers ready to right. go. <laughs> oh, Eddie, we miss you. Mm. I mean, why can't he come out with a cookbook? I think that would sell like crazy in Green Bay, you know? I mean, why did you eat yourself out of the league? <laughs> Let's get that cookbook, right. man. What, what did mama throw down for you? Genius, Eric. I'd buy it. Reason we wanted to have you on, and there it was. The Eddie Lacy cookbook. That's the name of the that's the absolute name of the cookbook. For sure. So moving on to some slices. Jonathan Owens, Mr. Simone Biles, says he has a chip on his shoulder for not being drafted. All those kind of guys. My thoughts on Jonathan Owens. We haven't really talked about him at all, other than he was he's a Packer. No, I was just going to say that he's uh, he's competing for what? Savage's job? Yeah. Him and Savage, right? I yeah. Mean, well, so. any safety spot, really, because it's mm -hmm. pretty wide open. He'll be one of those versatile guys probably back there. Won't be a starter, but maybe he'll compete against Savage. Rudy Win Ford, like three Carpenter, who I heard they're moving to linebacker. So there isn't a whole mm -hmm. lot. Uh, I love it. I love the addition. I, I just hope that Mr. Simone Biles isn't the isn't the way that uh, he gets uh, referred to for the rest of his life. I mean, On this show, he will. It, it is, yeah. It's it's tough to be in the shadow of a great athlete, but he is a really good athlete. Number one, we need depth. Number two, look at the drop off that we had. If you didn't have Rudy Ford was a great fill in for us last year. He was a great surprise for us. We thought Amos was going to be 2019, 2020 Amos. He wasn't. Savage kind of moved more into the slot a little bit more. So he wasn't a huge standout safety. He's kind of all over the place. It was awful. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it just terrible. seems like Owens can give us a little stability back there focusing on it. The guy can hit, man. Yeah, I mean, I love the way he tackles. We needed that. Savage is going to be creeping up in the box a little more because I don't know what the status of Stokes is or anything else yet. However, they're going to use Savage. I think he just reinforces it back there. But no, let's not take away the shine from Rudy Ford. I, for one, am excited to see what he can do as a starter out there getting some good reps because the guy flies around. Are we going to see a safety that actually has five interceptions you know, back there for us? I think Rudy might be able to do that. Rudy Ford just playing average football 
looked like a rock star out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he was that much better and he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible either. Mm -hmm. And just seeing him play average football was like, wow, Rudy Ford can play. Yeah. And I know we beat up on Gudikins all the time, but <laughs> Rudy Ford was a great get. We pulled wow. that dude off the shit heap. Like he played well for us. We'll see yes. what Jonathan Owens can do. I mean, he's another guy in the Rudy Ford mold, right? No, no. Yep hype no hyperbole none of that stuff's gonna happen he just needs to come in and play well he's one of those guys he has a chip mm -hmm. on his shoulder because he's always gonna have to have that chip on his shoulder in order to stay in the league yeah he's not huge he's not crazy fast he just needs to be good he needs to do it all the time you need to stay relevant if you're married to simone biles i mean it comes down to it you know you're you're, you're not with a gold medal you know uh gymnast and taking a shit on the, oh, sorry about that. Taking a, uh, taking a dump on TV. You know I mean? It's something that I like it. He's been a starter. It gives us stability. That's what we needed. Todd, this one I put in for you. Shanahan regrets allowing Matt LaFleur to go to the Rams and be their OC. Which Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan wanted oh. to bring LaFleur in as the offensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. Hmm. Let's talk about Shanahan, though, for a minute, because, you know, one of the games that I have, one of my favorite games, uh, you, Shanahan was that coaching genius. And that staff that he had, Mike McDaniels, you know, the LaFleur brothers, I mean, connections with McVeigh, it was just, he's a hell of a coach. And that would have been absolutely scary to see LaFleur with more time with him, because what we saw San Francisco do to us in 2018, you know, when in, in McCarthy's last year was like, what are we seeing right now? We, we don't have any way to stop this offense with the motion, the way he was using the fullback out of the backfield, it was bonkers. So Todd mm -hmm. loves Shanahan. That's why I brought it up. Like if, I do. If he I think was he's a great coach. I mean, but he, he's definitely got Lafleur's number, man. But Todd, what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers factor pulling away from the dynamic of the Matt Lafleur offense or that school that he's coming from? Do you think that detracted at all from what we were able to do in those big games? Because Aaron Rodgers. We saw him focus so much on Devante, not use the full arsenal that we saw in 2019 with the jet sweeps, bubble screens, everything else that he was trying to put into motion, you know? And then Aaron, Aaron just, you know, I hate the motion. I hate all this wanted, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that kind yeah, of. Yeah, that whole, co the that was never a relationship of coach and player. And it never was going to be, no matter how, how long that was going to go on. So this new era is going to be like the first time Lafleur has been relieved of that type of relationship mm -hmm. now it's a, he's actually going to probably has a player coach relationship with love so that'll be mm -hmm. interesting to see how his offense actually can open up what was there that was never executed on mm -hmm. when it should have been so yeah yeah should be interesting for sure speaking of bubble screens and jet sweeps we thought amari rogers was going to be that at least i did i will just put it on my shoulders that i thought amari rogers was going to be a great player he was perfect for all that movement i thought in the system and i don't think amari rogers is taking shots at the packers i don't i feel like it's mm, it's a little bit blown out of proportion but the last line says i need to get the bad taste of my mouth that i have with Green Bay. Mm, mm. Okay, first of all, Amari Rogers, you were 120th in receptions last year. There are 119 guys who had more catches than you. And I think you also need to get the bad taste out of your mouth, but I don't think you have the physical skills to do so. Amari Rogers is taking really soft shots at the Packers. 
Thoughts? Yeah, I don't think he has that type of ground to stand on. Or he shouldn't. Because he did nothing and was a complete disappointment. So, Hmm. hope he gets his shit together and gets things on track. That one touchdown that he had last year uh, kind of rejuvenated him to a uh, level that's probably a little uh, little cockier than he than he should be. But he had a lot of opportunities that we don't see in training camp, in practices, to build some trust. That he, uh, I just said it, Aaron Rodgers. He is a two receiver focused guy at the most, and um, he didn't do enough to break into Aaron's good graces for Inner some circle, reason. Yeah, but he had a couple of good plays, but you know he looked nervous. He looked so nervous out there that you were just going, Hey man, now we're, what do we waste this pick for right now? You know, we're, we're all Packer fans are for the most part, very optimistic and very forgiving. And all we saw with Amari was him not step up when he had opportunities to. And so that at some point you kind of got to go, Hmm, who does that fall on? He's got like 190 career receiving yards. Yeah. That's the reason the Packers let you go. We never let guys go in the middle of the season. Third yeah. rounder? What, 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 third what rounder, I think he was. Yeah, but right. Round. All right, finally, Todd, I love this. You put this in the notes, so we will let you run. It's, there, it <laughs> isn't an average cheese episode without a Brett Favre take. I know. <laughs> we, love, we love us some Brett Favre. So it says Brett Favre claims he will not invoke his Fifth Amendment rights related to the welfare fund. Yeah. Trial, the whatever it's going to be. It's kind of shocking that he did that because apparently I think it, I'm not a lawyer. You're going to play one. Obviously. <laughs> I'll, I'll play one. I think it gives the, the prosecution more, more, I guess, like rights in order to like uncover more things. Because he says he's going to answer the mm-hmm. questions. Because he says he's going to answer, the, but they can, now they can go in and dig further into like emails and like further evidence. Like as before, if he'd invoke his fifth, that all that would be protected. Hmm. And he's either digging himself a hole or he really thinks that he's he's telling the truth and he's got nothing to hide. Like, Todd, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I paid a lawyer a lot of money recently. So, I mean, it's like so I, would plead, I would plead the fifth all day on that because, you know, he's going to open himself up to discovery that oh, yeah. he's going to he's going to uncover things that he didn't even think was going to come into this trial. And once that happens, you know, you can't stop the ball from rolling. And that's where it's like, you're either going to indict yourself or you're really going to incriminate some of these other powerful people that I don't know how deep this thing goes. But, you know, my favorite player growing up, he was the ride or die kind of guy. And uh, it's just when the three of us get together, we look at each other, we go, hey, man, if you had $144 million in a compound down in Mississippi, why are you even getting your nose in anything to get your daughter, you know, some kind of volleyball court at at a campus for a couple of years? Like, hey, not your business and pay for it uh, yourself, I, Brett. You got plenty of money. You drive yeah. around on a tractor all day. Seriously. Seriously. How many Ford commercials is that down in Mississippi for him to, you know, get that all done? I don't know. It just seems stupid. And I would plead the fifth all damn day. Yeah. And he, he still should, I, right? Yeah. He should still like, I don't, it doesn't matter. You can all of a sudden in the middle of the trial go, I played the fifth mm-hmm. and, and be done with it. Cause right. These are lawyers, yeah. Brett. Yeah. You're just a bumpkin that played football really yeah. well for a lot of years. You're, yeah. You're, this is not your arena. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You're fucked. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. But th- you're right. He is. Cause like they're going to file charges. Mm-hmm. That's the next step in this whole thing. Right. Yeah. They're going to file charges. Now, is he going to do any real time or real punishment like the rest of us? No. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to be charged. 
period. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you, Brett. We appreciate you. We do a lot of content <laughs> because you can't seem to get out of your own way, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. Forever uh, love number four. Brutal. Eric, so we're going we're gonna to ask you a couple questions. And I did not prep you on this. So sorry about uh, right that. No problem. We, we haven't talked to you in a long time. So yeah. what draft pick sticks out to you? You're like, this is my guy. Uh, this last draft? Yes. Oh, gosh. I, I have to say that I, I jumped on the Lucas Van Ness bandwagon once a bunch of mocks started putting them at 13. And I was like, come on, what are we doing here? You know, this is everybody. The headlines were he's not a starter. You know, the seniors started at, and then once you dug in, you went, oh, okay. But then you saw what he did. And I start going into dreamland with him in year two with a fully recovered Rashawn Gary. I got really excited about it. But let me backpedal first. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, I was on that hype train for a while as well. I didn't think we were going to go offense. It just didn't seem like that's been the track record for Goody. I think the long and short of it is defense builds championships. And when we got him, I did nothing but get more and more excited about him. And now what we've seen in from the, you know, the voluntary camps and and mandatory, what people are saying about him, his length and what he I, I just I'm 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 really excited about it. But Jaden Reed was a guy that was mentioned as a top 30 visit that we had. And that was kind of under the radar before the draft. And when we got him, I understood exactly why we got that guy. He is what we wanted Amari Rogers to be. You know, we just talked about what he could do, the bubble screens, everything else, like really excited about that. Not to mention the tight end. I'm such a fan of Brian Gudikin's draft, of the way that he runs everything in there. I, he, he gets good players. And from the hit rate that he has, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. But, you know, the tight ends are exciting. Todd last week was, you know, not happy about Jay Sternberger. Dale, I think you were saying maybe he is just one of those Canadian League kind of players. I, I say bring his ass in as well because, yeah, you know you have Tucker, Musgrave, Sternberger in there because I, I've never been sold on Davis. I don't know why he's in there. Maybe he's one of the smartest tight ends that we don't know anything about because physically we're be, like. Right? Oh, Physically, we've seen him out there and he's like not a great blocker. He catches some passes, five yard out passes when he's, you know, pretty open. All right, that's good. But we got DeGuara and, you know, a guy like Jay Sternberger, when I saw him and, uh, you know, his highlights and everything else that they put together that package after he won that, uh, you know, that award. It's just impressive because, I mean, he will be the one pick in the last five years that we took a huge step back with by not only drafting a tight end that nobody knew about. He was a one year wonder in college. And Terry McLaurin was the next pick in the draft. Right. And that one is one that will burn me forever. Like, man, look, at I mean, we love I, to do I, that as Packer fans. TJ yeah. Yeah. Kevin King come to mind. But yeah, I mean, I lived in Columbus. I loved OSU. My, my, you know, my, my kid loves Ohio State. I, I love that player. When you see him get taken after a, after a tight end who had one year. But that's the thing. Now he's had a couple of years in the pros. He's been in some training camps. He's gotten some good reps. Like that's what the tight end needs, right? They need that development and time. Are we going to give Tucker and Musgrave that kind of grace? I don't know. I mean, if you bring him in and he's basically free and you see what you got with Jay Sternberger, I can get down with that. I, we got 90 men on the, on the training camp roster, throw right. them on for all, you know, it's, but I, does he want to come back? I don't know. He might feel burned by the Packers. You know, they might also like, we don't really know like the, what was the off field issues? It was drugs, right? Was it? I don't know that. Dale, wasn't it? Sorry. I was the, Sternberger, the Sternberger issues off the field? 
He had some uh, depression issues. He had some mental health issues, I think, more than drug issues. I was reading, somebody just spell checked me on Twitter because I put Eddie Lacey with an E. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to respond during this, Kevin Gibson. But I'll respond afterwards. <laughs> Fuck you. How about that? <laughs> Twitter's relentless. Goddamn grammar. Grammar Damn, patrol. Wrong. Anyway, yeah. um, we did our season record thing last week. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on a, a season record, Eric? Yeah, I'm comfortable with an eight and nine. I'm comfortable with a nine and eight. I think you said uh, 10 wins. I, I would love to see 10 wins. I'm crazy optimistic. I just think I'm going to be happy if we're eight and nine and we do not get blown out and we see some of these key pieces really start to develop. We see Musgrave a couple times. We see Reed a couple times. I'm excited about what Samari Toure is going to add to it, you know, just on those other levels. Because we know what Christian Watson's going to do. Everybody's jumping on the Romeo Dobbs bandwagon right now. Like he's going to be the number one receiver. And, you know, Watson's going to be the long, deep threat that's going to just, you know, have a ton of touchdowns. I don't know. I want to see some kind of concrete development. And if we miss the playoffs, that's great. That's fine. That's not going to be, you know, anything that's going to break my heart. But just that we are building in the offense that we saw a glimpse of that first half a season when Matt LaFleur came in. It was something new that we had seen. We just come off Mike McCarthy where it just seemed like everything was so predictable. You know, having an offense that is really being utilized in all these ways we anticipate with all these, you know, skill players that we have right now. I'd be happy with that. Nine and eight, you know, for bragging rights to, you know, some of those Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are going to do much better than nine and eight. Uh, I'm happy with that. All right. Eight and nine. So you're right between Todd and I. I have 10 wins. You have nine and eight, eight and nine. Todd had seven wins. It's going to be in that range. I, I still think that I'm overly optimistic. I don't know how I keep getting a 10, but it's why they pay no. me the big bucks on this show. Well, it's, it, it's their strength of schedule is shit. So, I mean, yeah, there's some winnable games, even being a shitty team developmental team for a year there's some winnable games in that in that schedule 10 really isn't that crazy of a Mm -hmm. when you look at it that way i'm optimistic all right so favorite games this is the the episode 127 is our favorite games from the last 10 years ish (laughs) and there's a lot of good ones Todd, we'll start with you your favorite game of the last 10 years so 13 to 23 i had the rogers six touchdowns in the first half against the bears Unbelievable. The only downside to that whole game was that wasn't it was McCarthy, right? So he um he pulled him in the second half. You can get, but you like, have to when it's he could have set the NFL record, mm-hmm. right? Easily. Yeah. Get, I wonder if that caused more of their yeah. Well, I mean, if you're Rodgers, that's a whole nother half of football to to get that record. Let him let your quarterback go after that. He just he wasn't being stopped at all. I don't know why we, why we take him out. Let him have a shot at the record. Makes you wonder. That was just another probably spike in their relationship Aaron Rodgers loves himself some Aaron Rodgers so to be able to go out there and throw nine touchdowns against the pack or against yeah. the Bears absolutely he would have loved that so I'm sure yeah, I think it only I think it only tied the Packers all time for a half but then like he could have got the NFL record let him, let him go Eric, we'll, we'll go to you, your favorite or one of your three favorite Packer games. Yeah, you know, because I was uh, during that area, I mean, I, I had moved to Columbus, Ohio, and uh, I was not around Lambeau. So, my, I mean, my, my favorite games are the ones that I went to. And I went with my college roommate, shout out Chrissy. My buddy Chris Smith got, got us some tickets for the Cleveland Packers game. And that was uh, one of my, my favorite games because I don't know if you guys know anything about Cleveland. They were awful for so long. But in 2017, it was a December 10th game. Aaron Rodgers 
didn't get to play. My son had not at that point seen Aaron Rodgers play. He was so excited when we got the tickets earlier, like we're going to see Aaron Rodgers play uh, because 2016 for the hall of fame game, when Brett Favre was in the hall of fame, they were going to play the Indianapolis Colts. You remember that game got canceled. Yeah, my, my, my son was in tears. I mean, it was brutal. And then we get to this Cleveland game. Browns fans, I'll tell you what, they wanted to beat the Packers so bad and to be all dressed up in green and gold with my son in that damn stadium. People were people were how they think Philadelphia fans should be. I mean, they were just piling on and Aaron Rodgers didn't play in that game either. It was Brett Hundley, 7-7 in the first quarter. Then all of a sudden it's 7-14. And then in the third quarter, it's seven to 21. And we had moved from the upper deck to the lower deck. It got so brutal because the Cleveland fans were so happy that they were going to win. They were going to beat the Green Bay Packers on their field. And everybody was just talking so much trash to us. It was brutal. And then, you know, Brett Hundley does that magic and uh, finds Devontae Adams open in the end zone. And he just runs right up the tunnel. It was one of the best games I had ever seen because we didn't have what everybody was talking shit about. Ah, you don't have Aaron Rodgers. You guys fucking suck. And blah, blah, you know, and then we come back and beat after, after being down 21 to seven, it was uh, to be a visitor in that stadium when they were as awful as they were. I don't know what their record was at that time. If they were, had a win, not or not. No, they, they were, they were 0 and 13 at that time. Oh, <laughs> and they thought they were going to win and they were just talking so much trash in the in when the helium came out of their balloon, man. Oh, it was such a beautiful crash to watch. When you when you say 0 and 13 and Browns, you're like, wait, what year? Yeah, I know. Like, I know. It could be <laughs> like, I think that it could be like several years. Are you yeah. talking about, uh, yeah, yeah, Deshaun Kaiser. Boy, we saw the magic. Oh, right. He ended up as a Packer later on. Mm-hmm. That's great. Couldn't beat yeah. Brett only. Oh, man. Brett Hundley wasn't bad. I think he threw for 265 yards. You know, he had a couple, he had no interceptions, three touchdowns. It was, uh, it was a great game. Mine is an easy one. The Dallas playoff game, I think it was 2016 season where they came back to win at the end. And I think there's that famous meme that guy's taking a picture. He's in a Packer jersey and there's like, there's 36 seconds left or whatever. Or you left 36 <laughs> seconds on the clock or whatever. <laughs> yep. And, and Rogers rolls left and throws that absolutely perfect like you couldn't draw that up todd you said it before some of the throws that aaron Rodgers has made are like machine throws absolutely bananas i think a field is what 56 or 57 yards wide mm-hmm. that ball was like 59 you know what i mean it was on the 59th yard yeah. of that of that with the stadium mm-hmm. that was freaking crazy in a yard out of bounds just where he yeah. could catch it he was sorry. You said that better than I was. He was like a yard, yeah. almost a yard and a half out of bounds. Toes mm-hmm. just barely in. And then didn't they call timeout? Like Crosby had like a 54, 56 yarder. They called, he nailed it. They had called timeout in the middle. And I thought, yep. there's no fucking way he's <laughs> making this right. Like sure enough, Nathan Crosby goes out there and just does it right <laughs> after that. Boom. They, you thought they iced them. Yeah. Yeah. They thought they had something there and they didn't. The Packers, I looked this up earlier in the week. The leading rusher that day was Ty Montgomery. Yeah. For the oh Packers. God. Yeah. I, you know, I was a speaking of bad Ty taste Montgomery in our mouth. Huh? <laughs> Let's go back to you, Todd. Another favorite game from that era. Before before we go to Todd, sorry, sorry to interrupt. That pass to Jared Cook, and that was when we thought we had the tight end of the future. I mean, $18 million he walked out the door for. We would have been set at tight end with Jared Cook. Make that crystal clear. But that throw, 
it's in discussion for one of his best throws he's ever thrown. Situation-wise, placement, at what needed to be done on all levels, I don't know. I don't know if there's two throws that are better than that in Aaron Rodgers' career. I'm going to go with Cobb's 48-yard touchdown reception over the Bears. You're seeing a common theme. Anything that dismantles the Bears or embarrasses the Bears, any vic- victories that we have like that, I love it. 38 seconds left. That was a prayer, man. I jumped off the couch for that one. <laughs> Scream. That was pretty sure it was for the North title that year because it was 13. Yeah, right. The How Rams could you not, not remember that moment? I mean, that throw, Cobb, man. The radio... Uh, the announcers for that game that that was perfect perfect yeah and then larry mccarran he forgets that he's on the radio perfect though like it's it's yeah. absolute fandom by larry mccarran he's like 18 beers in at that point we understand larry but that was perfect a perfect yeah. that game Cobb had so many great moments for us so many great moments and that one was anytime we beat the bears in that kind of fashion it is the it's burned in your memory as one of the greatest oh, of, of all time i mean it's just it's just, beautiful that wait to my third one <laughs> here go ahead second favorite uh again my son's birthday i was living in uh, ohio and uh, got him tickets for that uh, monday night game in october against san francisco 2018 mccarthy's last year Shanahan's first year, I believe. At that point, we were three and two. They were one and five or one and four. I loved Kyle Shanahan. I, I just, I love that he was this young, really inventive guy. But we sat on the fifth row on the end zone opposite the tunnel where the Packers come out. So we were right across the goal line. And on Monday night, you remember that time that that's when, that's when Monday night football, these knuckleheads at ESPN put Booger McFarlane on that little driving buggy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you spend a ton of money fifth row in that end zone and all the, all the time, every time the Packers came down to, to the goal line, this dipshit in this buggy would be sitting right there and you'd have to watch what was happening on a TV that they had hanging on the back of the cart. It was like, man, you are freaking killing me. But that was the first time at that point, there was already rumblings of Mike McCarthy going out and you're like, man, we missed out on not firing McCarthy the year before, and going after a guy like Shanahan because what he did with uh, Kyle uh, Huschek, that fullback, he had him leaking out on so many different routes and wide open from where we could see. Like, you're just watching these plays all develop. Marquise Goodwin, have you heard his name since that game? No, but he blew us up, man. Every way that he was, the motion that they had going on, people were so wide open, and it was like, and what is going to happen in this game? It comes down. I mean, we are down, up and down and tied. And, and it comes down to that Devontae Adams uh, touchdown at the end. And it was the place blew up. My son, you know, was just jumping all over the place. Hot cocoa was being thrown all over. It was just, uh, it was one of the best games I'd ever been to, man. You thought we have to be able to beat a San Francisco team just because they're San Francisco. But we came back against, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing offensively. But we were not able to stop them. I mean, the tension was crazy. And on a Monday night in October, my son's birthday, man, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. My number two. So Marcy and I went in 2020 when during a pandemic, we used to travel all the time. So we decided we're going to go to New Orleans. So we're in New Orleans in a bar. There's no one in there. The Packers played Tennessee cold weather game right after Christmas. And I thought there is no way we stop Derrick Henry, right? It's cold out. Packers can't stop the run. Derrick Henry's going to run for like 4,000 yards. And I'm in this bar and it's 
Marcy and I and like 15 Titans fans. Because I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there and the Packers absolutely mangled Tennessee that night. I was like 40, 14, something like that. Derrick Henry had a couple yards, but he never broke that long one to, you know, yeah. just put the game out of hand. Tannehill was throwing the ball to the Packers all night. It's just was it was a great memory because I thought, man, I'm gonna eat a whole lot of shit in this box <laughs> if they don't win this game. And the Packers dominated that game. Like it was never close. It was never yeah. in question from almost the beginning that the Packers are gonna win that game. And that was the point in 2020 where I thought, we're gonna win it all. Yeah. I just thought Derrick Henry was going to run all over us. I just yeah. thought he, at that point he was unstoppable. And how are we going to stop him? You know, you're just expecting like, this is where the bubble bursts for us. You know, Derrick Henry yeah. is going to do something. We can't stop the run like we haven't in the past. And uh, it's going to bite us. So that was yeah, I game. think his long run was like eight yards or 10 mm -hmm. yards or 12 yeah. yards. It was never. Yeah. He never looked like he was going to break a long one in that entire game. All right. Game three times. Last one. Is it a bears Packer game? In, it just so happens to be so. <laughs> You're very intuitive. I don't know how you got, how you read between the lines there, but by coincidence, it just so happens to be another Bears. I'm going a little bit outside our tenure. Uh, I'm not real good at math. So I think it was 2011 when Raji picked, had that pick six. That was another title game, wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. It yeah. was. Something like that. That was awesome. Oh, God. All the poor Bears. All, all of mine are going to be destruction of bears. <laughs> but yeah, the BJ Raji pick six. How can you forget that? He's one of the best defensive linemen that we had for a long time. You know, mm -hmm. he, he he plugged up that hole. And when he hit that interception, so out of character, you're like, what is this? And then when he rumbled in and the old boogie dance that he did in there, I mean, you were laughing, screaming, crying, everything. It was an unbelievable game. God. Damn, yeah. where did he go? He he dropped off that Eddie Lacy uh, recipe book too, man. That's yeah. Maybe they they should collaborate and yeah. Do it. All the listeners, get on Twitter. Let's uh let let's tweet these guys. Get the cookbook going. Favorite game last year, uh, November. Again, I live in Philadelphia now. You know, hearing everybody talk about how horrible the Philadelphia Eagles fans were, and you know, uh, my old neighbor, he was a a center for the Eagles from 1970 to 76, and. Uh, Mike Smith, shout out. He's just a great old man, but I love the history of and how passionate these fans are in Philadelphia about their Eagles. When we were going to play that game, I just didn't think we had any kind of chance. End of the first quarter, we're up by a point. Both of my kids are there. They're seeing Aaron Rodgers finally against Philadelphia, who was unbelievable last year. I mean, I did Philadelphia put it all together. They had so many weapons, defense, everything else. And the amount of Packer fans that were in that stadium, in Lincoln Financial, to watch that game, I was blown away. And there was not a damn peep out of these horrible, violent, aggressive Philadelphia fans. Man, they were awesome. You know, they had so much respect. The people that I was around, especially, had so much respect for Aaron Rodgers because when it was 14 to 13, they were like, hey, man, pump the brakes right now. But yeah, it's 14 points they scored in the second half. Then they scored six. And, you know, we ended up 33 to 40 losing that game. But why it was one of my favorite games ever. Todd's theme was the Bears. My theme has been, you know, games with my kids going. Sure. The the when Jordan Love went into that game and to see what a glimpse of the future might be with him at quarterback, it was one of the best losses I've I've, I just, I've, I've ever been a part of. 
you know, because everybody, everybody had talked about Aaron Rodgers needed to be traded last year, you know, the year before. I don't know. You know, we, we always can play devil's advocates at some point, but when Rodgers got banged up enough, taken enough hits and they got him out of there and put Jordan Love in there, there was a different vibe. And when he made that completion to Christian Watson, the oh shit in that stadium was real. They were like, oh, oh boy, that, that's, that score was so fast. This could change the game. I mean, we lost by seven points. You know, we lost by a touchdown. It was such an oh shit that people thought, hey man, we we might be in trouble. And it just, it was a great persevering game. And the glimpse of the future, I mean, Dale, people have been bashing Jordan Love for so long. The selection of him in the first round, Aaron Rodgers having the, you know, the heat of, uh, they already drafted my replacement, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. We saw a glimpse of like what could be smart player made some unbelievable throws that game and he did what Aaron Rodgers didn't do which was hone on one receiver and ride or die with that guy spread it out made some good runs and uh I don't know man I, I walked out of that loss just excited you know my kids were excited I was just uh happy as shit that, I mean that was a great it is still a great Philadelphia team mm-hmm. and that's when I started to believe a bit like huh Maybe we still have a shot at this thing. Like we have some, you know, bullets still left in the, in the gun. Yeah. That was a great game. And it's cool that your kids got to see like the transition too, yeah. right? From yeah. Rogers to love in the one game. Yeah. In one game. Yeah. It was fantastic. That's super cool. My That's third fantastic. one is the same one that Todd had. It's the uh, Rogers to Cobb. So I didn't yeah. want to be completely positive. So I, <laughs> I threw this in there too. <laughs> You're the guest, Eric. The worst loss that you can think of in the last 10 years. You know, I could go to the playoff losses. You know, the Seattle games are always going to burn me. The way that Brandon Bostic got just shit on for that play. And I just remember in the first quarter, Mike Daniels getting a penalty, running out of the field from the sideline and all the stuff. Like there were so many dominoes that fell in that. But there was no, there was no more uh, of a disappointing loss than 2021 when we opened the season against New Orleans. Coming off the season we came off, thinking that we know the window is so narrow with Aaron Rodgers. We d- you know, you didn't know what was going to happen with that contract coming up and if he was going to be traded. And the way that we got manhandled, it looked, I mean, Alvin Kamara, again, Jameis Winston didn't throw for a lot of yards, but still had five touchdowns. It just felt like shit. We can have all the offense in the world and our defense can't stop a damn thing. And we're, we, and we've just, the feeling after that game, not to overreact because we were doing the show as well then, but I was gutted after that game because it was a 38 to three loss and it just, nothing was working for us. And I thought maybe we were that one hit wonder, you know, with LaFleur and uh, yeah, that one, that one hurt. I went on a podcast, the Saints podcast before that. And I was like, there is absolutely no way we lose this game. I remember telling him, I don't care what the number is. The Packers are going to run away with this game. <laughs> And they just came out and shit right down their leg. (laughs) Right? It was brutal. And this was a team we had such high expectations for. They couldn't do anything on offense or defense. That was the problem, right? Yeah. Like, you think we're going to score a boatload of points, but our defense hasn't been great or wasn't Mm -hmm. at that point. I forgot about that one. Thanks for bringing that up. Well, I mean, Rodgers threw for 133 yards. He had two interceptions. Yeah. A.J. Dillon was running. Aaron Jones had five rushing attempts in nine yards. It was just like, what are we doing? We are anemic right now. Uh, worst loss. The Horkwood p- blocked punt. <laughs> that game. 
and Dale to this day has never seen it. Never. <clears throat> never seen it. I'm telling you, that is ingrained. I can literally, I probably watched it way too many times. I can literally, like, I could hit a replay button in my mind from the time that fucking ball is snapped till the time that San Francisco waltzes into the fucking end zone. <laughs> so I will never forget that. That was the, aside from the Seattle game, mm-hmm. the, the, the NFC championship, uh, right. that one. Yeah. Oh, horrible. But that one, the Bahorquez block punt game, worst ever. No question in the past 10 years. That was the worst. Well, that's another season you're like, we're going to win it all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolute shot. Right. And Bahorquez was booming the ball all year. Everybody was like, "This, I love this punter. That was his only block punt that, that year, I believe. I was driving home from Wausau from a wrestling tournament. Thank God. My 70-inch TV would have been on the ground. Smashed. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go off the road. Oh, man. We've had some painful ones, you know? Really, really painful losses where you just went into these things going, yeah, and then these freak plays. The Seattle game is the one that I was going to pick. And I look back at it a little bit. The Packers were up 16 nothing at half. <laughs> They intercepted Russell yeah. Wilson four times in that game and sacked him like five or six times. Like they were absolutely handling Seattle's offense. They scored six in the second half. I don't know how many field goals they kicked. Well, I could probably figure it out, right? Because they had six in the six points in the second half, and it was they had like sixteen points. They had about five field goals in that game. They yeah. punch any one of those in for a touchdown in the first half, and that game is a absolute rout. But that's not the game. It's the the game that will forever stick in my memory is that Tampa Bay game that we I think we went on your podcast or Eric yeah right after that <laughs> drop of that absolute punt all three of us could have caught that ball at our end yeah. yeah. he dropped it and that led to that Scotty Miller touchdown mm-hmm. which changed the momentum of that game they were basically just throwing it up for grabs that game because of well there's a million reasons why. But that yeah. game haunts me. Yeah. And I actually did go back and watch that game. And that, that game, was the end of the Kevin King era for us, too, as well. He never, uh, never recovered. Never from recovered. That. He came back, but he never was the same. And that phantom, I mean, it wasn't phantom because he did grab the jersey, but I will, that was an uncatchable ball. Mm-hmm. Sure was. That he, he was absolutely holding. I mean, the jersey's like mm-hmm. three yards stretched out behind the guy, but. That ball was 10 yards over his head. He wasn't yeah. catching that on a ladder. And to be and just to lose to Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you wanted the rivalry to be like always in our favor and son of a gun. I mean, Brady threw two interceptions that game, and we should have had two other ones. Yeah. You know, he that were dropped. In that game. Awful. Make it score when it counts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it as far as the good games and the bad, but, uh, just answer me one question, fellas. What are you most excited to see in training camp? I mean, like, what will I be watching? I'll, I'll probably be watching a lot of Jordan Love, to be honest. I mean, that's that's the huge attraction. That's what everything is kind of anchored to, right? Everything's yeah. kind of tied to his progression and, like, his success. So um, there's been kind of mixed reports in the, in the pre-camp that they just had, but I'm interested to see, like, what, when they actually get into camp and a lot of the different people, pieces are kind of like put in front of him what he's going to do with it and really gauge where where he's at as developmentally right now and see where he's at at the end of the at the end of camp for me it's the two young tight ends i am super mm. excited for those two guys 
if you think yeah. back, the last actual game changer we had at the tight end position, it wasn't Tunyon, right? It was Jermichael yeah. Finn. Yeah. But these guys are athletic freaks. When New England was going on that nice run, they had Gronkowski and uh, Aaron Hernandez. Mm-hmm. We have the hopefully clean, you know, athletic version. <laughs> but I think that that could open up the offense for Jordan Love. Having mm-hmm. two guys that can go- run down the seam, post guys up, run got- run by guys, I think that is going to be super valuable. You don't have to rely on one receiver if you've mm-hmm. got a bunch of athletes running around out there. So I'm looking forward yeah. to those two guys. And hopefully they yeah. can block. Yeah. Right? We don't have anyone now. No more Mercedes Lewis. We can just mm-hmm. pull him in and use him as our additional lineman. Is basically what he is. But hopefully they can contribute in that way, which will help protect Love. But they know. could, right? Mercedes Lewis is still out there. I'm I guess sorry. they and who knows? I wouldn't either at this point. That, that's a this this point. Why put pressure on playoffs? Let's get some reps in. Let's actually build towards the future right now. And let's be happy with every win that we got. You know, I mean, the tight ends, Todd Musgrave catches a ball at the, you know, five yards out. He falls forward for another five. Do you know what I mean? That's what's exciting about him. Tucker Craft, I don't know really like his blocking. Hopefully it's great, but I I love to see what he can do on these, these short, you know, routes, getting just the quick release when everybody else is covered and see what he can do in the open field. I mean, we got mismatches. I'm so excited about our defense and what it could be. That's the only thing I'm focused on right now. But I, I'm just, you know, Lucas Van Ness, of course, I love that. He's not going to get a lot of playing time. Everybody puts that pressure on rookies. We saw that with Devonta Wyatt last year, but Devonta Wyatt is the guy. I'm really excited to see if he's going to, I mean, this is his year to prove that he's a first round pick. All the talent that we saw at Georgia can come into play right now because he's going to get the reps because thank God, Dean Lowry is not on the defensive side for the Green Bay Packers this year. But Dean Lowry for so long was a body, uh, you know, he's 6'6", huge body, and just gave us a couple flashes. And everybody, you know, was like, hey, man, well, we saw what Dean Lowry could do, man. He he showed us those flashes, and he never did it. And he was in there play after play after play. And I'm just going last year, give the other kids some, some opportunity. Well, right now, we got a whole new, you know, lineup there. Slayton is going to be a gal darn monster, I hope. Because I loved what we saw with him, but you have that change right now on the defensive line that is exciting for me because hopefully that allows the linebackers to, I mean, Quay Walker year two, God bless that kid. Hopefully he gets his head on straight because his athletic ability is through the roof. And Devondre Campbell, if he can come back, I'm just, I'm excited about that front seven, really. So that's that's what I'll be uh, checking out. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 127 of the Average Cheese Podcast with our old friend. Mm-hmm. Go Pat, Thank go. You. Go Pat, go. go. Go back though.